over here, Klinger. I'm all dressed up with no place to sew. He's a VIP, all right, a very injured person. Chunkleese cheese, sir. Sort of a Lebanese Limburger. Aromatic, isn't it? Makes the whole office smell like feet. Oh, golly whiz, yes. A million times your colonelness. Hey, MASH fans, it's time for another episode of the MASH 4077th Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Kenny, and joining me as always, my good pal, Simon. Hi, gentlemen. Today we're discussing Season 8, Episode 21, Goodbye, Cruel World. It's the 194th episode overall, directed by Charles S. Dubin, written by Thad Munford and Dan Wilcox, originally aired on February 11th, 1980. And the production code is S622. Sir, Mildred says it's the first one on the block, made by the Dumont folks. Comes in a handsome wood cabinet with little saloon doors. Peg and I just love television. We'd cuddle up and smooch while we watched. One night we got so carried away we almost fell through the store window. (laughs) (laughs) Television is just a passing fad. It's a toy. The only time I ever switched on a receiver, I was confronted with a smiling, singing seltzer pill named Speedy. Bowie on you. Imagine being able to see what Jack Benny really looks like. According to Mildred, he's four inches high with a ripple in his middle and a little ghost that stands right next to him. And the plot summary for this episode, when Klinger's attempt to redecorate his office is rejected, he decides to desert while Hawkeye has a homebound war hero patient to attempt suicide. Salutations, burners of the midnight oil. We've got a customer. Over here, Klinger. I'm all dressed up with no place to sew. You're about to patch up Sergeant Michael Yee. His buddies in pre-op say he's a bona fide decorated hero. I read about him in Stars and Stripes. He's seen a lot of action. Look at all those scars. He's a VIP, all right, a very injured person. Klinger, what the devil's in that enormous crate in your office? Oh, it caught the colonel's eye? It damn near caught the colonel's toe. I strongly recommend you ship that receptacle out of tripping range. Capisce? Ah, fret not, hostile honcho. That crate contains boundless wonders from the four corners of Toledo. And for our guest stars, we start off with Alan Arbus, who, of course, is the wonderful Major Sidney Friedman. And Clyde Casotui, I think that's how you say his name, uh, <laughs> plays Sergeant Michael Yee. Now, he's a Japanese-American actor who appeared in a total of four episodes of, uh, of MASH, mainly um, as bartender Quang Duck in season three episodes Officers Only and Henry in Love, and Sergeant Michael Yee in the season eight episode Goodbye Call World, which we talked about, and then finally as Captain Paul Yamato in the series 11 episode The Joker is Wild. And we have Philip Burns, who plays Colonel Burton D. Henley. He appeared as Morty Seinfeld in the the sitcom Seinfeld in the first season episode entitled The Stakeout, but was replaced in the role by Barney Martin. He also appeared in Sanford and Son, Columbo, Exercise and Fatality, Barney Miller, Night Court, Airwolf, and Just Shoot Me. I've never seen a single episode of Seinfeld. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. I watched the entire season, but I will not repeat it. I I saw it once and I was fine with that. Yeah, I, I just don't like his hair. 
So I'm going to put me off. That's how shallow I am, I'm afraid. Um, and then we have James Cavill as Courier. Uh, I could not find a single thing about James. So if anyone knows anything about him, please do email us in because uh, I really struggle to find anything about him. <laughs> and of course, we have Kelly uh, Nakahara returning as Kelly Yamato. And David Kramer, who plays the aide. Now, this is his second and last appearance in MASH. It was so close I could hear him breathing. Mm. So I threw a grenade and took off. Half hour later, I ran into Petuna GIs digging in for the night. I told the second Louis he had two divisions coming at him, and if he stayed there, he's going to be overrun. He must have been very grateful. <laughs> he looks me over, points his weapon at me, and says, Who won the World Series in 50? He thought you were a spy. Oh, you're not kidding. I had to go through the whole story how the Yankees clobbered the whiz kids in four straight. How awful. I know, I'm a Phillies fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not up on baseball myself, although I am partial to the Cardinals. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, what's going on here? This man's supposed to stay off his funny bone for a week. Pierce, I'm glad you're here, Sergeant. E's been asking for you all morning. Yeah, Doc, you gotta get me out of here. My unit's moving up again. What's your hurry? We just did a major repair job on your leg. You don't want to run off while you're still under warranty. Come on, Doc. You gotta get me back on the line. The only fighting you're gonna be doing is for a window seat on the plane home. Home? Yeah, you remember. Where the buffalo roam? Where it taps are those little things Shirley Temple wears on her shoes? Home. Oh, I gotta let that sink in. Well, let it sink. You're on your way. All right, let's go ahead and discuss this episode. I will start us off. Okay. Um, I gave it a seven and a half. Also, exactly the same. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. All right, good. And <laughs> hopefully, we're on the same page here. I had a hard time with people's reaction to Klinger's decorations. Yeah. I thought it was a bit over the top. Well, huh? What do you think? said this was a staff meeting, not a rummage sale. <laughs> You've got everything here but a statue with a clock in its stomach. <laughs> Looking at these treasures, I now understand why Toledo is kept in Ohio. <laughs> these are treasures. That's a genuine Persian rug. You rich people use them in your houses. Not as walls. <laughs> Will you also be uh, laying some paintings on the floor? Flinger, you've outdone yourself. There's not one thing here that belongs on a military base. Well, unless you're with a unit of fighting grandmothers. <laughs> they were just, I mean, his decorations were over, the, but they were his culture, and, you know, that's what he, and, and I think he has a right to have that as well. But again, it, it was a hard, it's a hard spot because obviously that's a public space. Everybody yeah. who goes there goes to that space, but that's also his place. And to have some home, you know, Margaret gets to decorate her tent. The, you know, mm. the guys get to decorate the swamp. So I felt kind of, you know, I mean, I'm glad they kind of compromised at the end. He gets a lampshade. But still, yeah. you know, I, I I thought they could have allowed him to have. But I thought the reaction of his friends, and I know they were doing it in a jokingly, lovingly way. But I also understand why he did what he did, you know. Yeah. Uh, it was always, it's always great to see Sydney. So I was glad he was back, even though he didn't, I don't think he, he didn't have much of a story. He came in, did his one thing and all was well and then left, you know? Mm, yeah. Uh, I like, I, I just wish we got more in depth into a Sydney story throughout the series. Cause he just comes mm. in and fixes somebody and then leaves, you know, we get very little background about him himself. Yeah. Again, Klinger, you know, back up to his old games to try to get out of the army. <laughs> 
you know, I thought we got that away. I thought, you know, because his character yeah. his gearing away from that. He's no longer wearing dresses. He's not, you know, he's just kind of doing his job now until it's over. Uh, so it was, it was I, for me, it was like a character setback. But I guess it yeah. just never really left him. He still wants to get out. Mm. I love the fact that Kelly had a little bit bigger role. Yes. So it's always, always nice to, to see say. her. And this is when it starts because she actually does, you know, she does get more prominent as the series moves on. So I, I like the fact that she had a, a much, you know, a few more lines and we got to see her more and more of her personality. So that was really cool. Uh, I liked Yin's story about the guilt. Mm. I thought that was really well done because uh, it had to have been hard. I couldn't imagine, yeah. you know, being Chinese and fighting the Chinese, uh, your own yeah. brothers and sisters, or brothers, I guess there are women in the army. But yeah, I, so I mean, I, I think that was cool. I don't know if it was too quick of a fix for Sydney to just make him twitch instead of, you know. Well, it's probably something that he's seen many, as he says, because this isn't the first time I've seen it, you know. So it's true. probably something he's used many a times, really. Although, how, how, how annoying would that be if, for the rest of his life? He's going to twitch. <laughs> just, uh, he's never going to be an artist, is he? <laughs> no. Or a surgeon. No. No. Um, and then, of course, I love the ending with Potter and Klinger, because he knows what he did. You know, he knows mm. Klinger sent in the, you know, at least I don't, I think he kind of knows that what, what Klinger tried to do, but also that Klinger had, you know, he thought better of it and fixed it before it went too far. Mm. Um, I just like that little nod between Potter and Klinger at the very end. Yeah, the knowing nod. Yes, yes. You know he knows. I mean, Potter's yeah. Potter. I'm sure, yeah. Uh, and again, I don't know if that was kind of too easy. You know, I mean, for, for TV purposes, it makes sense. But Klinger to go to uh, whatever that gentleman's name was to retrieve his discharge papers, you know, and then talk him out of court-martialing Klinger. Yeah. You know, I was like... Mm. How, far, how far away was that place? That's yeah. the thing, isn't it? You know? well, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, mm. I mean, it's MASH, and I, I love it anyway, so it didn't really bother me. But still, <laughs> you start thinking, like, real world. Like, would that really yeah. happen? But then again, half the stuff at MASH wouldn't really happen in real life. So it is somewhat <laughs> of a fantasy. Yeah, um, yeah. But but overall, it was a, it was a really... It was just a nice episode. It was a. I'm glad Klinger got some airtime, you know, some prominent stuff. Um, it was sad to see him kind of retrograde to the old Klinger again. Yeah. But uh, overall, I, I really enjoyed this episode. How about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying there's, there's a few things that I, I mean, I really do like. There's a, a line in it which uh, Hawkeye turns around and says, I'm all dressed up with no place to sew. Um, <laughs> that's a wonderful bit of writing there. The fact that this cheese smells like feet, uh, which, which reminded me a little bit of... Um, Obviously, you know, they used it later on in Friends, that same kind of line. Yeah. Which I quite like. Um, with them playing darts with uh, the blown-up gloves. That was fun. You know, a good thing to do when you're bored. And, you know, the, the whole thing about Klinger's decorating the, the room, yeah, I mean, it was... There, there's some nice touches in there, actually. I, I do quite like some of the things. But the, the one thing I couldn't help but think of, well, he has his own tent. And he's like, do you lose that tent when you become company clerk? Because if that's a promotion where all you get is a bunk bed in a public room. That's not really a promotion, <laughs> is it? So I'm presuming he would have actually have kept his old tent. And if you remember, he never shared with anybody. Like, the prominent doctors all share a tent. Which was weird. Three of them. Yeah. yeah. Three, or yeah, in fact, originally there was four of them in the tent, yet Klinger had a whole tent to himself. Yeah. Um, in modern-day world, 
in modern day society where you know if you were to look at Klinger you know apart from being trying to be mad but if, if you wanted to go down a political way you could turn around and say that maybe he was you know kind of like not too sure whether he was a, a chap or a lady so you would give him the right to have his own tent so there was no mistakes going on it's true yes. this is 1954 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so you kind of think well you've got your own tent go and put your, your you know your rug on as Charles says yeah we have rugs like that but we, we don't hang them on the ceiling yeah. which is actually a lie because a lot of prominent places did put rugs on the, on the, on the walls um, the whole thing with the officer trying to commit suicide was really interesting I found that because as you said you know the com- conflicting feelings of him fighting against the Chinese I mean everyone forgets that of course in the Korean War uh, and also as well exactly the same uh, in the Vietnam War the Chinese were prominent in those things against yeah. America yeah. and um, and people could do kind of forget that and, and the fact that that's, all, that's gone on really um, since Pearl Harbor um, and so you, you've got that major conflicting thing of him, him although he's a hero and I love the way that Sydney actually you know, over those two hours of him being under, he finds out the history of the fact that, in in essence, he's really been trying to kill himself. Yeah. And you know, but as you said, this new thing where he's twitching, and yeah, it is. It's obviously a slightly over the top twitch, so that you see on camera, so the viewers get to see. It. In, in real life, there is that kind of thing, which is actually called the tapping method. Mm. Uh, when you when you suffer from uh, severe anxiety or uh, you feel you get stressed very much, there is a technique in which you tap the palm of your hand or you tap the temple of your head, which kind of gives a calming. Kind Kind of feeling of it, and it, mm-hmm. you know, it can be done subtly, yeah. And you know, and maybe that's just that whole thing. I do love the way that Klinger slams that door in that sergeant's face, and he does it quite hard <laughs> at the end of there. You, you know, you kind of think, was that meant to have been done? I'm not too sure. But you know what? It's <clears throat> it is a bit of um, the whole thing about television sets as well. I had to Google this up because they were talking about people having TV sets. Yes, I thought that was and, cool. Yeah, it was cool. Of course, that te- television came in America around about 1954. Yep. Uh, not prominent, of course, until around about 1960s, 1962, when people could afford them. Yeah. And then when colour TV came you about. forget that, think, but, that not everyone yeah, had TVs back then. No, and that was roughly <laughs> the same in uh, in England. In fact, we had uh, TVs really became prominent in uh, in Great Britain um, when um, Queen Elizabeth was crowned. Mm. Um, and, and more TVs were hired out then, so that's when we started having them. Um, but I like that little night, that little bit of history that comes in there. And I yeah. Do like those kind of things where it reminds you that you, we are in the fifties. We aren't in the the late sixties, early seventies, or you know we aren't modern day. Well, yeah, I gave it seven and a half out of ten. I thought there were some nice little things in there. Again, always nice to see Jamie Farr in 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 his in his what I class as a proper role. And he's a little bit disappointed that he tries to run off just because of the fact that his mates take the piss out of him. At the end yeah. of the day, that's what mates do. But I, I do I do agree with you. There is a bit where it does seem a little bit over the top in that. That kind of like Hawkeye's. I mean, that, that is one of my gripes where Hawkeye's over the top laugh. It does get on my nerves a little bit. But, <laughs> you know, I, I do think it's a little bit, I mean, a little bit of ribbon about it is fine, but they do seem to have a bit of a go. Yeah. Uh, it does go over the top a bit much. But yeah, it's a, it's a nice, comfortable seven and a half out of ten. Nice. I get it. <laughs> I'm over here fighting for democracy for everybody but me. Oh. You have chintz curtains, oh, and you two guys have a distillery, <laughs> and you have a red velvet pillow, and you, sir, have a saddle and a painting of a thumb. <laughs> None of that stuff will vault you into the pages of Better Homes and Gardens. Well, this is my room. Why can't I put up my own personal tchotchkes? All right, and then for IMDb, their rating is 7.7, so it's pretty on yeah. par. Yeah, Pretty seems on par, like, yeah. Seems yeah. like everybody enjoyed enjoyed this episode, which is really nice. Knock knock. You back? 
Some late-breaking bond mots at my expense? You know, Listen, we just wanted to make sure you didn't take this too seriously. Yeah, it was all in good fun, if not in good taste. Sure, sure. Hey, you're not going to stew about this, are you? Nah, there's an old Arabic saying. He who lives in a tent knows that all things blow over, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, okay. I love your place, really. Really. There's another old Arabic saying. When the going gets tough, the nomad gets going. Sparky, Klinger, don't ask. Listen, Spark, I need some help filling out a set of discharge papers. I'll tell you who's getting sprung. The only friend I got in this camp. All right, let's move on to some behind the scenes. I think Meds has our first one here. Yes, now in uh, redecorating his quarters, Klinger uses a gaudy, bizarre little statue clock. Now the statue is identical to, and probably the very same prop, as the statue Archie Bunker brought to his family as an example of true art. And in episode four of season four of All in the Family, and it was called Archie and the Kiss, uh, for those of us who have no idea what that is then. <laughs> I'm sorry, because I don't know what that is. Yeah, that was a big series back in the day, uh, All no, in the Family. We're, we're not doing that as a podcast, mate. No, no, we are not. I don't know it well enough. There is an 80s-era mud hen pendant hanging in Klinger's room, which is a problem, of course, because the show takes place in the 50s. Uh, and there was us talking about bringing in TVs for 54. <laughs> While dismissing television as a passing fad, Winchester describes turning a set on and being confronted with a smiling, singling seltzer pill named Speedy. The Speedy Alka-Seltzer character wasn't introduced to television until March 1953, by which time Winchester would presumably have long since been stationed at the 4077th. Not necessarily, because as we all know, the MASH timeline is is more complicated than Doctor Who's timeline. That is, yeah, and that's saying something. Yeah. Uh, all right, and as uh, Meds mentioned earlier, uh, Major Winchester makes a, a, the statement that Persian rugs are not used as walls. They have been, however, traditionally used as wall hangings, especially before the advent of central heating. Rugs make excellent insulators for drafty buildings and due to their cost, used exclusively by the wealthy. And here we have a boom mic. Oh dear, that boom mic. A boom mic visible when Nurse Kelly says, you can talk to Sidney Friedman in post-op. I didn't notice that, to be honest with you. I did because I had made this note prior to that. Yeah. yeah, so I already knew. I knew what to look for. <laughs> Captain Pierce, Colonel Potter needs you in post-op. What's up? It's Sergeant Yee, hurry. I thought everybody was asleep, and then I heard a crash. He broke his water glass, and by the time I got to him, he'd already slashed his wrists. Pretty deep, too. Could be tendon damage. Jeez, he pulled out all my sutures. He doesn't just need stitching, he needs reweaving. Let's get him into war. I don't understand. Why would a man like that try to commit suicide? All right, uh, it's trivia time. Last episode's question. In the episode Fade Out, Fade In, what card game is Charles Winchester playing with Colonel Baldwin right before Winchester gets sent to the 4077th? And the answer, hearts. All right, this episode's question. When Radar was promoted to second lieutenant, who was responsible for his promotion? So go ahead and send your answers to mash4077podcast at gmail.com. I didn't know the answer to this. I had to look it up. So it's uh, a rough one. Yeah, I'm, I'm not one so true either. <laughs> that one, I'm it's a matter of deep-seated guilt. In all his 10 years in the service, this is the first time he's ever fought an Asian enemy. He's been looking through a gun-sight at people who could be members of his own family. No wonder he felt guilty. It'd be like my declaring war in Crabapple Cove. Exactly. 
Only in his case, it's worse. He has to kill Chinese to be a good American, then he has to kill himself to be a good Chinese. I mean, without two countries. Freud would have flipped over this one. All I did was give him a substitute symptom. I told him under hypnosis that when he feels the guilt, instead of punishing himself with suicide, he should twitch his hand. He's not even aware he's doing it. Better to twitch your hand than take a second try at killing yourself. Second try? Remember all those dangerous missions? He's been trying to kill himself since he got to Korea. MASH 4077 Podcast is all over social media. If you'd like to email us, you could do so by sending your emails to mash4077podcast at gmail.com. We also have a Twitter account. You can find the podcast at mash4077podcast. You can find me, Kenny, at geekyfanboy. And you can find meds at Hawkeye Meds. We also have a Facebook group. You can search mash4077podcast. And if you want to read our show notes or get more information about the podcast, you can do so on our main website, which is at mash4077podcast.com. If you are enjoying our podcast, consider making a donation. We have a Patreon account at patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash geekyfanboy. All right, so I think that's going to do it for this episode. So overall, it was a really, it was a good episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah nice middle, middle of the road one. Yes, yeah, and they're, and those are good. Yeah. Cool. I'm Kenny. And I'm Simon. And we'll be seeing ya. Last call for the 4077 Express. Pullman service to Seoul, Tokyo, and all points civilized. We're happy to announce there is no dining car. I hope I didn't cause you guys too much trouble. I think we should be saying that to you. Ready, Michael? You coming with me, Doc? No, but I'll get over to visit you as often as I can. I sure hope so. Take care of yourself, Sergeant. Good, Doc. Oh, just meatball psychiatry. Still a lot more work to do. He almost killed himself, and we never suspected a thing. I think our job may be a little easier than yours, Sidney. At least we can always see where they're bleeding. Mash fans. Now, as some of you know, myself and Kenny have our own individual podcasts, and my podcast is called Waffle On Podcast. And we waffle on about classic films and television programs from around the world. So, if that's your cup of tea or martini, then why don't you follow us over on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or, of course, from Podbean. You can find us at waffleon.podbean.com, and we would be honoured if you would join us. Check out the latest podcast to hit this quadrant, the Geek Roundtable. Join hosts as they sit down with fellow geeks to talk, well, geek. Star Wars, Star Trek, cosplay, fantasy, anime, Firefly, even My Little Pony. If it's geeky, we'll discuss it. King Arthur had his roundtable for his nights. And now it's time for us geeks to have ours. Come join in the fun and geek out with the Geek Roundtable. Find us on iTunes by searching The Geek Roundtable or visit our website, thegeekroundtable.com. MASH 4077 Podcast is a geeky fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0 United States license, all rights reserved.